0: Welcome everybody to the Life, Death and Happiness podcast. This is all about real talks with real people from all around the globe. In each episode, I will sit down and talk with a friend about how it is to live with an incurable disease or maybe even a terminal illness. And let me get this straight while we're at it. This is all about celebrating life. My name is Daniel Colt, and I'm your host. Welcome, everybody. And uh, for this second episode, I have my good friend Eric with me. You're original from uh, Texas, but uh, say hi and uh, tell us a little about yourself. Who are you? How's it going, everybody? Uh,
1: well, like Daniel said, my name's Eric. Um, from Texas, from the States, currently residing in the beautiful island of Cozumel, Mexico. Uh, Well, basically, uh, what is there to tell you about me? (laughs) I just try to make the most out of life. You know, that's what it is now. Currently, uh, you know, we were put in a spot, my wife and I have been, I just got married a few years ago. And Mm -hmm. uh, thankfully, she had the, I guess the same outlook in life as I did. She never went through something traumatic like myself or a lot of other people with F.A. did, such as bone marrow transplants and, and, you know, their battles with cancers. But I was very fortunate to be able to find somebody like her that just wanted to live. It's you so know, important. we kind of. Yeah. yeah. So we you know, with us, you know, especially because life is short, we know life is short, mm-hmm. you know, and most people, you know, they realize life is precious as short. But for us, you know, it's a little different, you know, I mean. So you know, for me, I really wanted to make the most out of this opportunity. I didn't know how long cool. I had, and you know, just like you, Daniel, like yeah. you know, we're getting up there. I mean, we're we're ancient. When yeah, it comes definitely, to FA. that's the reason. There's I, a few. I want around
0: and call myself the last living dinosaur for a reason.
1: Right, right. <laughs> <For a fucking laughs> well, I always joke that in FA years, <laughs> like he's mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, you're only you know, you're only forty one or whatever. You know, they're like, yeah, but in FA years, I'm like ninety five. You know what I mean? Like I mean, like
0: I'm old. So I don't, I don't know if people listening know that, but Fanconi anemia or FAS we usually call it, we have a tendency to have a lower life expansion than normal. So uh, most of us was told, at least us who was diagnosed early, was told that you only gonna live to ten or fifteen, and then it was twenty, and then it was twenty five, and some of us is just too stupid to understand this message, so we just keep going, <laughs> no matter what happens. So,
1: exactly, and I don't know
0: what it is now, but
1: the last I heard it's still, I mean, the medium lifespan is still like
0: 31, somewhere in there, right, Daniel? Something like that, yeah. I think it was 33 the last time I checked, but that's a couple of years ago, but still, yes, so so, I mean, but
1: still, we're we're Hmm. relatively old, and the you know, as far as FA, we don't, I mean, I don't know a lot of people, you know, our age or older, so you know, kind of where I'm at with life now and everything is. I mean, I, uh, it's, it's, I guess prior, and I was fortunate, I, you know, I really do believe I was fortunate because I went most of my life with not knowing I had FA. Mm-hmm. And so for me, you know, I did a lot of things, you know, when I was younger, which maybe backfires nowadays and it's not good for me now because maybe the effects of doing it then, I don't know, you know, but, but at the same time, I didn't have the worries,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the fear. So at that time, you know, I lived like most people. Hey, let's go ahead and I'm going to buy a brand new house and I'm going to buy brand new cars and a brand new boat and, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work and get the best job. I'm going to keep moving up in a company and I'm going to do, you know, and I'm just going to I'm just going to spend so much of my time working hard to make that money so I can have the newest, best thing and to provide a better lifestyle for myself and also work on marrying and having a family and such, you know, and, you know which most people do.
0: That is also um, one of I find very interesting because we are not in the same situation, but almost similar, because in, back in '93, I was told I was healed, I was cured. So I was like, yeah. okay, I've been super empty. I can just go live my life now. And I didn't have right. a clue about all this. I didn't know anything about falconia Anema research fund, I didn't know anybody else with the disease. I didn't know nothing before 2014. Then it came back, and it just hit me like a brick wall with cancer and everything. But you know, all those years, I've been living normal. As you said, got an education, got some good jobs. Without you know, provided for myself, uh, did right. all the normal things that a lot of people do. So I've not been living in this bubble that some people have been living in. Uh, right. But that's the same. You do got diagnosed late, so you, you yeah didn't I really got have diagnosed. Hmm.
1: I mean, you know, I mean, it was it was crazy. I mean, uh, honestly. So when I, when I got diagnosed with it, it was actually after I, I started getting pretty getting tired. Mm -hmm. tired a lot you know I mean it's just I didn't know what was going on because like I said now I'm gonna I'll I'll go ahead and go move forward a little bit so Mm -hmm. when I when I got diagnosed I was 34 years old okay Mm. so when I was just maybe four or five months shy of turning 34 so 33 I ended up that at that point I ended up going to the hospital. So it, it was something that was progressively getting more, you know, worse. I was getting tired. I was getting tired. It was little things, but you know, I, I was, I was changes were going on in my life and, and I was a little bit active prior to that. And then I stopped because I was changing and moving and stuff. And so I was just like, huh. I guess, you know, like they say, when you get over 30 years old, you know, if you stop yeah, it's working going out downhill work.
0: from there, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, you're not <laughs>
1: exercising, you just start getting a little winded, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just normal, right? Normal mm-hmm. stuff, you know. I mean, I don't know, I don't have FA, you know, I don't know at this time, you know. So I'm just like, okay, well, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just getting tired. But then it started progressively getting worse. Mm-hmm. it was slow. I mean, it was. It was slow in the beginning. This process probably took from the day that I started noticing that I was having, just getting tired from walking up the stairs, mm-hmm. to actually being in the in the ER. Mm-hmm. That was probably
0: about an eight-month period. That, that's you a know, long time, for because for most people, like in your situation, you don't start out thinking, oh, it's something really bad, as you mentioned. It's just like, "Now I'm running out of breath. I'm, I'm not getting too fat. I'm getting too old. You know, there's... I- haven't I been active enough? That's the most natural way of thinking about it. Definitely. So, so I get that, yeah. I mean, you just don't
1: know because you, you've never had this diagnosis before, mm-hmm. so you don't know what's the matter with you. you just like, huh. I mean, I feel okay. Otherwise, I just feel tired. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with me. And I've always kind of felt, I always wondered why as a kid all the time, you just, I just chalked it up to being a kid, but I always slept a lot. Mm-hmm. I slept probably 12, 12 hours a night a lot of times growing up. I mean, I just, Sounds I, true, I really, yeah. and it's <laughs> like, <laughs> yet if I didn't, I would I would kind of lag. But mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of so I did notice that, you know, after the fact and I knew once I knew about FA, I was like, "Okay, that kind of made sense all those years." Mm-hmm. But yeah, during that 8 months, I mean, it was pretty slow. And then probably in the last few uh, probably 3 to 4 weeks, it hit me like a brick wall. I mean, it got so bad and I I got to the point where I could not walk more than 10-15 feet without collapsing or for feeling me? like I was going to, oh, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't stand for more than like 10 seconds without having to grab and try to sit down. I, I started getting to the point where I had to shave,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I, I would sit on the sink. We had like uh, here in the United States, you know, we get a lot of counters that are countertops. You can sit on the countertop mm-hmm. that has a sink, not just like a pedestal sink, but an actual countertop sink. And so I literally would have to get there. And then I started noticing you know, when I was sitting there, I was like, okay, I don't have the energy to stand up and shave or brush, brush my teeth. Oh, that's but I'm bad. Like, yeah. But yeah, but I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I'm like super close and I'm like, I, I can't really see what I'm doing. I started realizing that, oh, my gosh, my eyesight is is going. Like I am literally losing my eyesight. Oh. I start walking up with puddles of blood around me. It was all over me, Black. Black blood, like on my pillow, everywhere. I couldn't stop getting my gums to stop bleeding. I would rinse with stuff. And I'm like, okay, I know I need to go to the doctor, but I'm a guy. I'm a little stubborn. But at this time, in all (laughs) fairness, I didn't have insurance yet. I had Mm. just started a new job. And I had, I can remember this to the day, November 3rd was the day that I could go to the doctor because that was the day that my insurance was active. Oh. And, I, and, and so those four weeks leading up to that was terrible. I couldn't eat without vomiting every time I ate. Oh. I didn't understand why. So I was losing weight, but I couldn't see. And people were starting to tell me, you don't look right. There's something you don't need to go to the hospital. I'm like, I know, but what if this is a preexisting condition? And my insurance hasn't started. And I go to the doctor. They will not cover me. I will never be able to afford to get the treatments that I need if they consider this you know, pre, you know, you know, like a
0: precondition. So I have to wait till that day. That and is so, so serious. I sometimes get yes. that because uh, here, around where I live, we have we have the free health care, so we don't have those issues. But sometimes I it, it get upset when I hear it because like. The doctors need to talk to my friends. They need to fucking help no matter what. But I know that's not yeah. the situation. I know you had need the insurance, but damn. Yeah.
1: And you know what's sad? I mean, I want to go back and, and get to where I was at the mm-hmm. story. But what's sad about what you're saying mm-hmm. is here in the United States, you know, at least when I had my transplant done, mm-hmm. they consider that an elective procedure. And so what that means is, is you have to have it approved and it's not like in the States with, you know, we do need to have insurance. We have mm. to go buy our insurance or whatever. But in an emergency situation, if you go to the ER and they find something up, they'll treat you. But then they're going to send you huge bills, man, mm. huge bills. And it will ruin your credit. It'll, it'll affect your life. Believe mm. me. You'll have to figure out some way to pay it off or claim bankruptcy. So where I was frustrated was is like. They would not – if I didn't have insurance, even though they would have took care of me in the ER, gave me my blood transfusions, Mm -hmm. and give me an astronomical bill, which they still did, they would not have paid for my – the only thing, the only cure there really is, which is the bone marrow marrow transplant, Mm -hmm. the
0: BMT. That was it. They would not. That was what they you so much. That was your blood counts that were just –
1: Yes. Yeah, so, so basically, when I got to the when I got to the ER mm-hmm. that day, I literally worked till the day I went to the ER. That day, I I had worked that morning, went to the doctor. I don't know how it got so bad, Daniel. I mean, I, I'm embarrassed to say. I'm thankful I didn't kill anybody. I would literally honk my horn. I worked, thankfully, in a small town at this point. And I worked maybe a mile and a half from where I was living at the time. And I would, and it was a pretty direct couple streets I had to go. And I would literally honk my horn every 10, 15 seconds in hopes that somebody what, didn't jump out in the street because I could not, re- I couldn't see. I didn't know anybody oh, there. Hmm. I would just move down there. I just started this job. I mean, I, I had to, I, I mean, I'm still thinking for the future. I got to be able to pay my bills and stuff like yeah, that. And so you. I'm like, I got to get to work and I'm honking. I mean, I can't get the blood to stop out of it, which is embarrassing because everybody's looking at me at work. What's the matter with you? I literally would have to squint down and look what I was trying to write in a book, making reservations. You know what I mean? And stuff. I mean, I'm vomiting every, every time I ate something mm-hmm. at some points, it was like every hour I had to vomit. Like I couldn't, it, it was that serious. So when I finally did go, to the doctor Mm -hmm. you know i had an appointment yeah they had me i walk in and apparently i look like death and that's what i'm saying i couldn't see everybody Mm. was telling me you look very jaundice i was gray everything was gray Mm. and i couldn't see that so i didn't know the severity of it but like i said what was i going to do i needed my insurance so i went in there the doctors the assistants like oh you got an appointment well, you need to sit down. We got a couple people in front of you. I'm like, but it's right now, it's scheduled for right now. And I'm like, I'm just feeling really terrible. You know, because I mean, look at how many weeks I've been waiting or how many months. Yeah. I was like to the end, just trying to hang on by a string, man, to make it here. And finally, for some reason, the doctor comes out and he goes, Oh my gosh, you need to get that guy back here right now. He didn't know who I was, didn't know my mm-hmm. appointment was up there. He just could see me. They got in there, did a EKGs on me and everything, had me sit on the little bed platform and was trying to figure it out. Couldn't figure nothing out. All he told me was, what I wanted you to do is I need to know, I'm going to call an ambulance for you. I think maybe you're internally bleeding. I don't know for sure, but mm-hmm. the, what I see y- your readings are really, you know, they're off on your EKG but you're, you know, you've got to mm-hmm. really, I think my blood pressure, I think my heart's per minute at arresting was 230 oh, beats per shit. minute. Yeah. Like it was wow. bad. And I'm just sitting there and he's like, I don't know what's going. On. The only thing I can think of right now, because he was just a normal mm. home doctor, like yeah. a doctor, you know, That's he's More like, I think you're doctor, totally clean. Yeah. 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 So he's like, go ahead and get off the bed and go, go sit in the chair in the office here, you know, in the little office, I'll be back. I'm going to either, do you want me to call an ambulance? Cause got to go to the emergency right now. And it's like 30 miles away. Like, well, there might be somebody they call me. I don't want to pay for that ambulance because that's expensive, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was able to get somebody to come and get me, but they weren't going to be there for about 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So they said, go ahead and get changed, get ready. They left me in the room. Well, as soon as they walked out the door, Danny, I stand up. Mm -hmm. And all I all I could feel, the worst feeling in my life. I started sweating out of every pore. If you had pores in your eyes, I mean, maybe you do. I don't know. I mean, I'm not biology and stuff. But I sweat out of everything: my eyes, my nose, my ears. I had never felt such pain, such just so terrible. I felt like complete
0: and utter shit. Wasn't wasn't you? And I felt like vomiting. What's that? Wasn't you like panicking inside in that situation? I really was. It wasn't so much the
1: panic in there because I. I, I knew something was wrong. I mean, yes, I was scared because he's telling me I'm internally bleeding, mm-hmm. he thinks, but I'm just like, it was just weird. It was like nothing. It wasn't like a panic attack mm-hmm. because I've had panic attacks and I know the difference between that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't that stressed. I'm like, I've already been feeling like crap every day for a while. Like oh, I'm yeah. finally getting it, got my insurance. I'm finally going to get this figured out. I mean, it was, Yeah, I'm not sure what it is, but who would have thought at my age. I'm going to have cancer or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I mean, that's not even on my mind of whatever's happening. Of it must be not. like diabetes or something, that, something. Right? old people get. Yeah, I, I get you. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, I stand up and like I said, during this whole really, I mean, like I said, I've never felt so ill in my life. I literally, and excuse me, I'm, I'm an open book, mm-hmm. literally felt like vomiting and shitting myself all at the same time. And then all I remember is all the sweating and everything's moved. I just, a white light, Daniel, Mm. and I remember just before that because I looked at the clock before Mm. this happened because I knew I needed to get a ride. I saw what time it was, and I remember what time it was before, and you know what? I woke up after that bright light. I mean I just saw a flash, white flash, and that was it. I woke up, and I was on the floor. I had had chairs on me. I had the doctor's clipboard on me and stuff, and I'm looking up like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Where am I? Mm -hmm. I looked up because I'm trying to figure out where it is and there's the clock and I'm like, oh, wait, I'm still at the – and I'm looking and it's like that was 15 minutes ago. oh, I was out like that. Nobody came for me.
0: Nobody I don't saw know me what on? happened. Shit.
1: I still believe today. I had to literally. They couldn't. I would be blocking the door. I was leaned. I was laying on the floor, completely on my face. Had chairs on top of me. I must have collapsed. Fell onto everything, mm-hmm. and things came tumbling down on me. And I was laying in front of the door. I drug myself, and I, I drugged myself out of the thing, out of the room. I picked, kind of. I couldn't even stand at this point. Grabbed the latch on there, pulled myself down the hall, mm-hmm. and literally started to crawl to the bathroom trying to splash them, trying to pull myself out so bad, man. Mm. And I literally just sat on the floor in there until they got me, man. Like, I mean, till they, until they found me in that bathroom. And I swear to you today, man, I think I died. I really do. And the reason why Mm. I think I died and something brought me by, whether it's the willpower, whether whether it's my grandma that just passed away unexpectedly a few months prior to that. And was my guardian angel, Mm. you know, whatever it is, whatever you believe in for me, it has to be because when I got to that emergency room mm-hmm. and I got picked up, we went immediately there. I mean, I, I walked, mm-hmm. they got me. I don't know why the person didn't just drop me at the front door, but they parked at a closed parking spot and I walked for about 20 feet and I sat down. Mm-hmm. I had them help me back up. I walked slowly. Another 20 feet, got there, got to the door and literally right into the door. There was a, Uh, a wheelchair. Hmm. I immediately jumped into that wheelchair. And I just was like, and somebody went running off and got somebody, the person that was with me, got somebody and got me in there. They got me into the room. I mean, they rushed me in front of everybody in the emergency room. They were trying to stick needles in me and to no avail. I mean, I was having golf ball, baseball size, you know, bursting, you know, veins everywhere because they could not they couldn't get a they couldn't get a needle in my veins. They were just exploding. they, they were just like, And so I mean it was getting that was starting to get a little scary for me. Uh eventually they did get it in and that probably took a good twenty minutes before they could get one in anywhere. They were getting to the point where they stick it in my I want to stick in my neck or my yeah, foot they I said. They can get yeah.
0: Yeah. You stick it in yeah. my
1: neck I got a reflex I'll kick you in the face. I'm sorry. I got a reflex <laughs> and I'm like I'm not it's, it's not funny but it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so but like they did and so you know probably you know it took I had a I had a a bunch of nurses in there trying to help normally you only get one when you're in the ER Mm -hmm. doing base things but I had like three nurses in there it was crazy working on me and uh, they finally got it in they got fluids in me and everything they did obviously did you know my uh, oh what's it called my uh, what's the word for your your CV uh, whatever you know where they do your count for blood blood work whatever It's something I should know because, I mean, I only had it like every day for the longest time. But anyways, <laughs> um, came back. So this is what's crazy, Daniel. Mm-hmm. When they came in, the doctor wouldn't even look to me in the face. And he, he's looking down and I'm like, oh, gosh, this can't be good. Oh. And he's like, he's like, I- I'm sorry. He's like, I don't know how to say it, but we think you have leukemia. And I'm like, leukemia. what? Leukemia? Leukemia, yeah. and I mean, I, dude, I broke down, man. I'm, I'm pretty, I, I, feel like a pretty tough guy. I mean, i I got my sensitive side too, you know, I'm all round guy, but, I mean, that just, that just broke me down. That was something I would never think I would hear. I, that, that was basically giving me the worst news you could give me. Mm. I can handle anything, but you're gonna tell me, and I didn't know much about leukemia. I just know that it was, like, more of a childhood cancer, which, you know, I mean, and a lot of people die from it. And I'm like, what? At yes. this age, I got luke. Now, they didn't know for sure. This was preliminary. Mm. Okay. So at this, but he couldn't even look me in the face. And this really set in. I mean, I was emotional. I mean, they got me back up to, they got me into a room. They got me stabilized a couple hours later after, you know, nine bags of, of uh, blood. They got me, I had three bags of platelets just to give me to, uh, just to a yes. somewhat okay level. Mm. I ended up having... And this was at 11 o'clock at night. I ended up having an uh, oncologist show up, super sweet lady, comes in and she goes, hey, how you doing? I'm like, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I feel a lot better. I can start seeing a little bit. I've got all my, but it's not so fuzzy. I said, I feel like i got some energy back. I mean, that's kind like, of
0: fucked up. That In that situation, you said you're actually feeling good because it has been so bad. So it's like, no, yeah. people be like, I feel like shit. And yeah. you're like, really, oh, this is actually, this, this is okay. Exactly. <laughs> And
1: and I'm like, well, doc, I'm like, well, what's going on? You know, like mm-hmm. they told me I got leukemia, like, and I'm pretty freaked out, man. And she's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm going to do some more testing. It's, it, you know, we're thinking it's either that or maybe severe aplastic anemia. Just let me, mm-hmm. let me run the blood work and everything. But I want to tell you something. She goes, I'm like, what, what's, what's going on? she goes, you, let me ask you a question first. She goes, what did you do? Like, I mean, you, you do a very active job or what do you do? And I'm like, well, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was, uh, I was working at a meat packaging plant cool. and you know, and I've, I've, and you know, I've done a lot of other, like I was a contractor and stuff. So I was always outside. I was always lifting stuff, always doing this, but I told her, I said, but I go to the gym too. I love, you know, I enjoy exercising, mm-hmm. you know, it's good. It's, it's good for me. It's a good stress reliever. And I know it's good for your health, just all in general. You know what I mean? So she goes, and I said, but why, why are you saying that? She goes, honestly, because whatever you're doing or whatever you were doing saved your life. And I don't think that's all that saved your life. You had some, some intervention somewhere, Mm -hmm. some divine intervention, because she goes, I have never in my life seen somebody. I mean, for one being awake, being coherent, mm. being conscious, but alive either with the hemoglobin level that you had when you came in today. I don't know how you walked in. I don't know how you were alive. I don't know how you had didn't have a major stroke or heart attack. And I was like, why? I mean, how about – like I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about hemoglobin.
0: Exactly. So she goes
1: – yeah, she goes, well, here, we were at sea level where this was at. She goes, here – the level range for a normal adult, your age is a 14 to an 18 hmm. on hemoglobin, which she had to explain means oxygen hmm. to in your blood that goes to your muscles and all that. And I didn't know a lot about medical stuff back then. I knew a lot about other stuff, but not this. And she goes, you had a 2.4. And I'm like a 2.4. She goes, yeah. I And she says, in all my 30 years practicing oncology. I have never met anybody that had had that low of a hemoglobin and and that was alive. And she and every doctor that I've seen since then, all my other oncologists that Mm. I've moved to or my bone marrow transplant doctor or whatever, have all said the same thing when it's come up. Mm. I don't whatever you did and whatever else played a factor in this. You shouldn't be here today. And that's why when I went back, when I was talking about it earlier, Hmm. I do feel like I had somebody looking out for me. And I do feel like I died that day. I do
0: get get that feeling, definitely. There must be. Because how in the hell did I survive Hmm? with that?
1: So, but, you know, since at that point, and I know I kind of really went into detail on that, you know, Hmm. but that was the. That was how I was thrown into it. Okay. I, you know, how, you know, because like I said, I was, uh, I was healthy I, or at least I didn't know I had any disorder or anything going through life. And until I went to that hospital that day, and that was when I was 33 years old, we ended up getting out of there moving. I had my mom go down because at that point I was in for a week in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not allow me to go to back to work. You know, at that point, they found out at the point when I left Colorado, they were more leaning towards severe aplastic anemia. Mm -hmm. My mom came from Colorado, picked me up since I could not work. We grabbed whatever we could of my stuff. I sold most of my possessions Mm -hmm. that were in Texas, moved back to Colorado at this time because that's where she was living. And uh, from that point, we started seeing doctors there. I would say it was three days before Christmas. Mm -hmm. This jackass of a doctor. I mean, I, I'm appreciative for him for one, but you're going to tell me three days before, because I had seen him probably two weeks before Christmas. Yeah. And yeah. he did some testing, and I, you know, we felt like he was a good doctor to go with. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, all right. So he started doing, he says, you know what, just out of a hunch, I studied in Seattle. You know, I'm familiar Mm. with something that I learned about Fanconi anemia. I doubt you have it. I doubt it. I really do. But I just want to test for it. Let's just rule it out. Yeah. Which I'm appreciative to him to this day that he checked and he found this. But there was many things of why I ended up moving on from him. But the one thing I was like, you could not have waited. This is what you gave me for my birth. Not after after everything I just went through. You're going to give me – because I already got home after he told me mm-hmm. that you might have F.A. And then I started getting really scared. I mean I was already pretty scared about the whole – You started to you know, read about it when you
0: had when you that? Game, yeah. Yeah, of course. And I do. started reading about yeah, it and yeah. started
1: to you know, Google it and stuff. And then my mom was freaking out about it and we're like, oh my gosh. So like, but we're trying to be positive, positive vibes. I, I don't have it. We're good. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. have it. Well, three days before Christmas, he decides he's going to call me and tell me, hey, Merry Christmas. By the
0: way, you got F.A.? Ah, oh, fuck oh, you. Thanks, Sorry buddy. That. Yeah, yeah. That, that's just what I needed to hear right now.
1: Exactly. I'm like, you couldn't have waited until after Christmas. I mean, you don't have to wait till after New York Year, New Year's, but you couldn't have waited at least a few it's, days, man. Like, it's to give it's, me it's not
0: fun, but sometimes the doctors who have been in there, who have been doing their job for so many years, they don't think it through. I've had a few of yeah. not that bad as an experience, like three days before Christmas, but sometimes they they need to think before they speak. I mean... Yeah, we're, we're not, not we're, just a, a we're study, not,
1: we're a person.
0: Back, back when uh, my mom got cancer, uh, I haven't talked about it in the podcast, but I told you before, uh, before she knew there was cancer, there was this doctor coming in, and they were just taking some tests, and he was like, oh, we don't know what it is yet, it could be anything, like cancer or something else, but good night. and then he just left, she was like, I was visiting her. She, he, he can't just say maybe it's cancer and they just walk away. without they walk out. Yeah, then just walked yeah. away because he had weekend, just as like you said. She was devastated the whole weekend. They couldn't get a clear answer. Yeah, uh, and stressed it, out it, her it, mind, I'm sure. And she never got the diagnosis before after she died. But, but, you know, sometimes the doctors just need to shut the hell up or at least just time it a little better. I, yeah, think... I mean, like, you know, just realize that we're, we're, we're humans,
1: man. Yeah, just exactly. have a little, you know, compassion, you know mm-hmm. I mean? I've, you know, and Daniel, I, I apologize that your mom had to go through that. I really do. Um, I, I feel for you. I, 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 understand. And, and, and getting to that, that is actually why I have fired doctors over mm-hmm. this and people think that you can't do that, but you know what? We got one chance at this. We got one life. Okay. Oh yeah. If you are comfortable with your doctor. Or don't feel like they're doing a proper job or putting enough interest in your case. Mm-hmm. I don't need to hear you got all these others. I don't need excuses. I've got all these other patients. Well, you know what? That's great. And I do understand that. But it, that to me tells me you just don't have time. You're making excuses. I need somebody with a good bedside manner. That's mm-hmm. what got me through all this. I started hiring a bunch of female doctors. Mm-hmm. No offense to the male doctors. But for me, I need somebody that was more nurturing. Mm-hmm. I respond better to to women. You know, I mean they, you know, I mean I I've I've grown up that way. I'm more somebody that likes that nurturing side. And for me, going through this this battle that I was about to go through, I was going to go with somebody I felt comfortable, somebody that was nurturing, somebody had a great bedside bedside manner. And on the other thing is you have to start asking questions because before I f- fired that guy too in Colorado and then went to Minnesota, I asked him and he got furious. Oh, that's unprofessional. He got angry at me and my mom in the doctor's office. And that, Why? that told me, that told me I made the right decision. So I asked him, I went in there, I said, and, and I, and I can thank Teresa Kennedy for this, which if nobody knows, she was part of FARF. A lot of us, you know, the, the, some of the original people that have been, that have been part of FARF for a little while, know of her, but my, you know, we started reaching out to her mm-hmm. at some point and she told us, she goes... You need to ask some questions. Yeah. One of the questions is, sure, okay, you've done transplants before, bone marrow transplants. Mm -hmm. Okay, how many people have you treated with FA? Mm -hmm. And how many of those people that had FA were successful transplants? Mm -hmm. There was another question, which I can't remember, but it wasn't as important as those two questions. But but these are important questions, of course. Exactly. Exactly. And he literally took offense to hit this. I said it just the way that I'm saying it to you now. Mm-hmm. I, wasn't, I wasn't mean about it. I didn't raise my voice. I wasn't smug about it. I just asked. I said, this is something I have to know. Mm-hmm. I said, because I don't want, I can't be somebody's guinea pig. You know, I said. It's your life. Of you course, course not. Yeah. You've already told me that I've got some rare disorder here Mm -hmm. and, you know, this is something that, you know, I mean, we've, you know, we've, uh, we've got to be, I've got to be serious about And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I even said it ahead of time. I said, I'm sorry if this, if this upsets you or like, you know, comes across in a wrong way. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm not taking anything from your expertise and what you've done, but these are just questions I have to have answered before I am ready to go to the next step with you. Mm. And he literally started yelling at us. Yelling at us. Can you believe that? Not like not how, I cannot believe you would have the audacity to ask me something like that. And I hear I found out that you had F oh hell no you didn't just do that. You just <laughs> you just sealed the deal hmm. here. You know, like okay, okay. Thank you. And we did. And I put a smile on my face, and that was not, that was very unlikely, unlike Mm. me. You know, normally I get a little, when I get a little aggro, I get a little hot headed a little bit, but you know, I've worked on that. (laughs) I I I just got a smile. (laughs) Thank you very much. I'm happy. Thank you for making this easy for me. I appreciate your help. (laughs) 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 That didn't go across easy either. He didn't like that either, I guess. I probably shouldn't have smiled, but
0: I was just like. But but you know, when you have something like Fanconia anemia, or if you have cancer or anything else that is life threatening, I mean, you need to stand up for yourself and ask those questions. And, you know, when I go to my checkup for, uh, for mouth cancer, they want to actually uh, they want me to stop going for checkups every six months. Mm. And every time we have the same discussion, it's like, but you haven't had anything for four years. But, yeah, but I'm coming back in six months. Like, but no, you shouldn't. I was like, this is not a discussion we are having. I will be back here at this place to get my checkup in six months. It's not a discussion. And sometimes yeah. I think I seem arrogant, but I cannot. It's my life. I cannot afford it's your to. life. Yeah, I cannot afford to say okay. Yeah. Then I just stay away and hope for the best. Fuck that. Right. I want to stay here exactly. till fifty or sixty. Or and 70. you're
1: doing everything that everybody should do, mm-hmm. and that's. And I hear that a lot of people get deterred because they start getting scared mm-hmm. maybe i don't know what the word of the doctor he's the boss so he says not to come even though i know and i've been told that i should come mm-hmm. regularly every whatever three months six months or whatever specialist you're going to mm-hmm. you know when they start kind of telling you no you know it's fine you don't need to come out then you kind of like well they're kind of like the professionals here but mm-hmm. people don't understand they're really not professional okay they practice
0: but just in like practice. you ask, just like in you medicine. ask him, I usually do the same same trick. Be like, uh, "Just to be sure, how many Fanconia anemia patients do you have?" Right. So, so that question and, usually just ends the conversation, <laughs> because they'll be like, "But nobody." But so, how can you be an expert in this? I mean, right, exactly. So, and, I mean, everybody just still needs to be their biggest advocate for sure. So, if you look upon this time you had where you got thrown into this very. In a very harsh way, figure out that you had fa. You have to deal with all this. So after that had settled, you got the bone marrow transplantation. And uh, if I can skip a bit here, I'm kind of curious about when that was over. How did you reflect upon everything that had just happened? How um, how how did you know how to start your life again? Well, honestly, you know.
1: I didn't have all the answers to those questions, uh, and, and that's a good question. What I can tell you is I had pure excitement running mm-hmm. through me because the way I viewed it is, it was a battle. It was mm-hmm. a battle, but the way I viewed it is I was in jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried, I kept a very positive mindset I, I going through the whole process. I got rid of a lot of negative people in my life. Mm-hmm. Um. I surrounded myself by positivity is really what I did. But, you know, so that did help my mental state, but, but obviously, you know, it does take a toll going through something like that. And I was, I was stressed out, man. Uh, you know, I just had to get out. But for me, the way I am is that, that stress that I got to get out of here. Yeah. I turned into willpower that I'm going to, when they give me goals, or actually set myself goals. But when they would tell me, well, you got to do this before we can let you hear, we got to do this before you can get to this step before you can go. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it this quick. You'll mm-hmm. see, I'm going to get it. A-. And I did every step of the line, I set s- short term goals. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of helped me mentally get through it all to the point where, you know, once it was coming up on that time, I just had pure, pure excitement, man. I was like, I'm ready. I am ready to get out in the world. I'm ready to have a salad as crazy as that Mm -hmm. sounds, man. I'm not neutropenic anymore. I can go and have some shrimp, you know, go eat some seafood. (laughs) I go have some fish, whatever I want. I can go have a good, tasty salad. Mm -hmm. I can have fresh veggies, man.
0: You know what I mean? Even chicken,
1: I really didn't eat when I was sick because I was so neutropenic. That they didn't want me to have a lot of vegetables, fresh vegetables, or obviously fish, which a lot, you know, and I don't know if it's still quite the same nowadays as when I did. But they didn't want you to have those things because they're worried that you're going to get sick because it's not cooked. Or the bacterias that are on the veggies, even though they're good v- bacterias, could kill you. So I was, man, so excited to get that salad. <laughs> so excited. And I'll tell you what, buddy. I will tell you what, man. I appreciated
0: Every little thing in the world. Isn't that oh, the beauty man. of this? I mean, the we can beauty talk about it. The world. I mean, we have, even if you have to deal with something that is so serious, but still, that excitement you talk about right there, oh, man, I freaking love it. That is, after I, yeah, I, was, I was afraid I lost my taste buds after I got cancer in the mouth, but after, afterwards, and my tongue healed and stuff like that, should be sitting down... Right. At a fish restaurant, and be able to eat this and taste it again. Yeah, isn't that oh, nice? Oh where it's my. not
1: taken I was with so, salad I was,
0: or, yeah, I was so ah. afraid I couldn't taste stuff afterwards. So it's a small thing, but you start to appreciate it so freaking much. It's just now like, it taste buds. Ah. Did they change? Did they change on you a little bit they, they, after? They, they did change a little bit. I need. They, I have a harder time tasting something that like yeah. swims and stuff that doesn't have. A huge amount of taste, but, you know, but I can I can still taste it. But I need to place the the food in the right place in my mouth, yeah, uh, and on the right side if I really want to have the whole palate. But you know, you, it's a workaround. Who gives a damn? I can taste it.
1: Hey, man, you're still alive to taste. Exactly. You know, and that's that's what it's about. It's, it's it's it's. So what I came up with a motto. What got me through that is. You can always find a positive in the negative and I actually have it. Mm-hmm. If anybody's ever seen it, it's, uh, it's right here. You can't probably read it, but right <laughs> there it's, it's written. It's a motto that I ended up tattooing on myself after because mm-hmm. it got me through whenever I was down on things. When I were, I was thinking, starting to get in a negative mindset. Mm-hmm. I started telling myself, look, when this happened, look what just came out of it. That was good. You just lost a quarter of your lung, mm-hmm. but guess what? If you wouldn't have lost that part of your lung, you would have gone to transplant. That fungal infection, which they thought was cancer at the time, mm-hmm. which why they removed so much of that lung, would have killed you. So I started looking at everything in that way, and I ended up like that was my motto through transplant, and I've still tried to hold true to that now. That's a good way to look
0: upon things. Yeah. So it's like what you're saying. No matter what happens, there will always come something positive out of it. If you really, if you really look at it, yeah, it does. uh, Totally agree. But if I can uh, move on and talk to about something that might be a little darker topic, it's because you know it's life, death, and happiness. So always ask these questions about after what you've been through and what you might maybe going through in a few years you know, your whole circumstance, the whole situation you're in, how do you feel about mm-hmm. death and the thoughts about it I mean, it's, it's no secret that it's people like us, we have we lose a lot of friends because we, we tend to get to know other people with the same disease, right. the same condition so it's something we frequently have to deal with but how, how do you approach that?
1: Well, honestly I, I fight with it every day Hmm. I mean, I, I try to, like I said, I've tried to be a very positive people. People that do know me know I'm pretty full of energy hmm. and I try to be in a great mood, fun, whatever. But I mean, there's that other side, like you're saying, I, I'm just like everybody else. <laughs> I fear death every day. I'm, I try to file it back in the back of that, you know, memory back here, you know, but I do, I'm, I worry about it every day. Mm -hmm. And there's good and bad that come from it because I live every day to the fullest. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I find myself becoming higher paced with everything. I have bad anxiety now, severe anxiety. Mm -hmm. I have PTSD going through it and I have been diagnosed with these things. Mm -hmm. So these are things, these are my battles now. Um, So it's things I fight with. Obviously, I'm not ready to go. Uh, I feel like I am Mm -hmm. am a person that loves life, and I was given a second opportunity to live. Mm -hmm. And now I'm living in my dream home, which was my bucket list growing up as a kid, Mm -hmm. being somewhere in the Caribbean. And I don't want it to stop. Of course not. But I do know that we all have our time. I do know that I've been blessed to get to the age that I am right now with F.A., Mm -hmm. You know, it broke my heart seeing so many people younger, especially the kids not, you know, passing. It hurts so much. And that, you know, so I, it kind of says, you know what, Eric, you can only complain so much. But at the end of the day, it's still tough because Mm -hmm. you know what? This is my life. I'm me. And I still want to be here. But, you know, Daniel, in all honesty, Mm -hmm. what scares me the most. Yeah. I've already lost most of my family. I only have my brother left and I hope he can take care of himself. I mean, I still worry. He's my little brother, but. The biggest reason why mm-hmm. I, I feel like I, it's, it's hard and I don't want to go anywhere is because mm-hmm. of my wife.
0: Yeah, I, know. So That's cool. yeah.
1: I don't, I did not want to get married as much as I loved her. I mm-hmm. told her, I said, are you sure? I got to the point in life where I didn't want to get in a serious relationship anymore mm-hmm. because I didn't want to drag somebody through this. I didn't want somebody to have to to only be with their husband, their love of their life, you know, for a
0: couple of years, and that was it. And then they had to go through all that pain. You know, I didn't want to part, have a kid. There, but there's a good part there. She yeah. actually chose to stay. Same with yeah. my wife. She could have walked away easily. Yeah. She, she, When we found out that I still have this diagnosis, I have told her there was a thing in my past that I was cured. Nothing could happen. But I, I really... I both admire and respect the hell out of it that they actually choose because yeah. they freaking love us, me. and it's a good she, feeling that yeah they still want to be here. Yeah, it's it
1: gives and it gives hope to others. Like, and I and I and I yeah. feel bad for the for the people with FA that feel like you know what, that's just not for me, or I can't find somebody, or nobody's gonna love me because that's that's not true. We, you gotta get that out of your head because there are people just like your wife and just like my wife, special people that want we are amazing people. Oh, so God. what we have this disorder. We can do anything and everything that our heart desires. We are I feel like we're even better than a lot of people that don't have this. We not in a in a way where I'm but we, we see life differently.
0: That makes us special. I it, mean we find a lose. It does. It makes and, you appreciate life yeah. in a and very, she very, very different me, way, right?
1: And she told me, mm-hmm. "I would rather have two years with you than to never have you in my life."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so wow. that really made me feel like it's okay. Does that mean it goes away and I don't worry about her? No. Yeah. At the end of the day, what I fear the most is if I don't is me dying because of her. Hmm. obviously I do want to live and I have a lot to live for and so much to still do and see. I love to travel now. Hmm. I love to see new people, meet new people, make new friends, learn different cultures, you know, and, and that's huge to me because that's living. That's why we did what we
0: did. That's yeah. why I'm thankful also to why, have her. Why the- survive if we don't use the life the second yeah. chance to do something good and live a good yeah. life? Be happy. It's, It's the whole live to life you know, live, you know, the whole like live
1: to work, work to live.
0: Hmm.
1: Are you, are I found you, a way you also know to that. where I I'm, could work enough
0: to live, but not live to work. No, exactly. I totally I agree totally with that. And I was like, you also know, I'm a positive person, and 99% of the time I feel like I'm just keep going, and I feel like I can. I can push down all boundaries I'm, I'm going to be here till I'm 200 years old Fuck that I mean How would I wanna set a record or two I mean I just keep going Because I have a great life I think But then yeah. there's these times Where I wake up In the middle of the night And I look at my wife And I'll be like Shit What yeah. what? 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 How are you going to react How are you going to move yeah. on When that happens But then again When I wake up the next morning Usually I'm, I'm, I start all over again And I feel good And stuff like that but also, I got a son, like, six months ago. And and that has... More reason to live. And there's so much reason to live. When I look into his eyes, it's just pure love. And I know exactly why I'm still here because... And that is... But that is also, like, divided into two parts. Right. Why I love him so much, I want to give him everything. And then the next thought is... And maybe that's stupid, but I, but I try to set small goals. Like, I... Just wish if I can just be there for his third birthday, then I will be satisfied. Like you After said, that, little that, yeah, the next will be five years old. But by, get to five. But but yeah. but the bottom of from the bottom of my heart, I just hope he remembers me. Yeah. After that, and and you maybe, know maybe your legacy maybe that, will go on. Maybe that sounds depressing to somebody, but I I don't think that's. It's realistic. It's, it's not realistic. depressing. It's realistic. It's it's our life. But it also it's means what, that when, I, when I'm with him, I'm present. Because I, I want to look him into his eyes. I want to see him smile. I want to be there for him. So yeah. it makes me stay much more present in my life right now. Right. So that's Which the beauty you appreciate of it. the you things. And that's so, the thing is we've been that gift of appreciating the
1: things. Yeah, that is a more, gift. You know? And, you know, and, and, yeah, so, I mean, I... I mean, it's so true. I want to ask you a question. Do you find do you find that more of an issue where you, the worry, I don't know if you call that depression. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you want to call, but that moment at night when you're sitting there and you look over at your baby or you look over at your wife and you just go, man, I'm scared. Like what, I, I don't know what it's going to be like for them when I'm mm-hmm. not here. I don't want to leave them. I find that happens to me. Mm-hmm. at night don't know what it is I don't no. I don't I don't get scared during the day about it mm. I don't stress about it during the day
0: mm.
1: I do at night I, that's my that. not every night but it is something that that hits me at that yeah, time, time it's radio, the yeah.
0: yeah I don't yeah. know what to call it but it's, you know it's part of I appreciate my wife myself so much yeah. I appreciate that they hear here in my life I can't get enough of them. They, they light up my whole life. So the thought of me being the reason that they will be sad, and they will have that, a long time yeah. with grieving, that, that hurts a lot. It hurts. Because I want them to be happy.
1: And that's what I tell my wife. I'm like, what are you gonna do? Hmm. You gotta have a plan, babe. You got, I mean, just tell me what you're gonna do the day I pass. Are you, are you gonna go back? Are you gonna stay here in Mexico by yourself? Are you going to still want to be here after all what we've just made down here? Are you going to go back to the States and go stay with your mom? What are you going to do? Like, you know, I mean, we've, we've basically semi-retired ourselves so we could do this. We found ways, we sold everything we owned so we could live this life in a place that was more affordable. You know, I mean, we've been fortunate, you know, to be in a place where, you know, we were able to do this, you know, and, it, but it was, hasn't been easy, but but you know, I, I worry about the future. You know, we're living the dream right now, and we're making the most out of life, which is important to both of us.
0: Because, but, but, but I try to, I try to look it upon that way. We talked about this: something positive in everything. I mean, when we move on, when we pass away, they will also gain something positive in the long run. Maybe they have learned something about life through knowing yeah. us. So I mean, I hope I choose to believe that it hasn't been a waste of their time, but they have I, gained some real value for them having this time yeah. with with me and with us in your case. Yeah,
1: and you all making those memories, right? Mm-hmm. That's why it's important to make those memories now. And and I like that. And and I and like I said, I I, I get that, and I do think of that a lot. And I think that's really good that. People hearing this hear that, and that yeah. goes back to finding the positive out of the negative. you just done that exactly. with that fear of us moving on from our loved ones. Mm-hmm. You just found something positive out of that whole terrible negative. And I mean, it's there's no way around saying it's a negative situation. It's yeah. not a positive. Nobody wants to die. You know, nobody... My- wants to lose a loved one but you found a positive thing and then see that's that's the whole thing and and to me that's that's I think the most important thing is like you said enjoying every moment you have doing what you love as often as you can you know and just living and then on the other end trying to take care of yourself like you know I mean I'm not obsessed with it but I do I do try to eat most of the time good but if I want something bad I'm going to eat it because you know what? Life is short. I'm going to make the most out of it. If there's something bad, even though I'm trying to be healthy and I go to the gym, which is important in my opinion, too. I keep hoping that working out and eating healthy, exercising is going to keep me here longer. It might help. I don't know. But how is it going to hurt? You know what I mean?
0: <coughs> I agree. I, also, I will uh, use this as a bridge because we're going to talk about happiness. Yes. What's make you sick? Because I agree because everything we learn. I should say you learn to twist everything that happens into something positive. I'd be like, Yeah, I appreciate this. I remember to tell my wife that I love her. I remember right. to look my son into the eyes and make him smile. What's makes what makes you happy? I know Marisa does, but what makes you happy? What makes you laugh? What gives you the drive to be like Yes, yeah, screw all this heavy. I'm going to live life. I mean, what makes me happy?
1: Honestly, mm-hmm. honestly it's great. I mean, doing things for others, man, makes me happy. Mm-hmm. It puts, I mean, even though I know that, you know, I mean, I've got my battles and you know, and and you know with everything that we deal with and stuff. I try to do things for people all the time. It just it makes me feel good. Putting smile on people's face, joking with people. I, I, I. You know, <laughs> I'm a lot like you. We like to, we like to live life like you know. I don't know. Just relax, like by the sea of the pan. We just tranquil. Here they got a thing called tranquilo. Just everything, just tranquil. We just chilled. We just want to have a good time. We want to surround ourselves by good people. Just laugh, joke. There's no reason to be super serious. Exactly. We already have enough serious in our lives. Sure. Yeah, it's great medicine. Laugh into <laughs> me just making my wife happy, Mm -hmm. knowing that, you know, that, that I'm there doing everything that I can for her and helping her live this life too, which is something that she's always dreamed about doing. Mm -hmm. My happiness is right here, down here in the Caribbean with my other half, you know, just meeting new people having going out and laughing and just relaxing getting a little beach therapy getting a little vitamin C and I don't mean <laughs> the letter C you know you know just just trying to make the most out of life, you know, and just and just laughing. Just, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. It's just I, we, we pick and we we make jokes with our, each other all the time. I, I don't, I mean, we just that's just how we are. And to me, that just that makes that makes life go so so you know by so easily. But because we're doing what I'm what I've always wanted to do on my bucket list, mm-hmm. this is my happiness. Like I told her at the end of the day, even though I want to be here forever. I've already,
0: I've already done biggest things that I wanted to do in my life. And isn't that I've, wonderful? Even if yes. something happens tomorrow, you know you have yes. to live in the life you wanted to. People go their whole life. You know that. Don't even yeah. get what we're getting like.
1: Look at this. I got, I, got, I, got my, I got my other half. People don't want to say soulmate. and I don't believe, but I actually do believe I got. She is literally <laughs> my other half, like the female version of me. I've got her. I couldn't. I couldn't ask for a better person, a better mm. woman, and I am. And that was all I ever wanted. I was in multiple failure relationships growing up, and it never. But you know what? I got it right. I mean, it took almost forty years, but I got it right. Got my best friend with me, and we're living in the Caribbean, which was the highest
0: on my bucket
1: list thing that I wanted to do. That's and we're still so much. Out.
0: Well, well, the you first know. time I met you, and and you talked about this about you. You moved to Mexico and all that. I was like. It was mind-blowing to me I was like, hell fucking yeah That's yeah, the way I to mean, do it, man I mean, I'm living in a cold country I'm living in Denmark I have you no know, <laughs> for like A month each year Because my health is up fucked up all the time, I mean, and, and, and then <laughs> I look at the picture I go on Facebook or something I look at your pictures where you have the beach outside And you're living the good life And i be like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I right. really miss well, the good hey, weather no, but I, you
1: really, ever need the pointers man I will tell you how you can do this man we will make <laughs> this happen I've invited folks I mean I've got the family you know what I mean and mm. you know what I mean by family yeah not my blood family but no, I've but always said I'm like if you need a getaway
0: hmm. come and visit me here in Mexico I, I th- mean th- I don't think it's an incredible the, movie don't, made don't, the two of you yeah, I don't, think it's so damn cool that just most people would think about it and be like but it's not really the right time. I They will find a ton of excuses to not I, do it. But you actually but you just did it. When's the right time, Daniel? When is the right you time? You never know when the right time is. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So you just do it. We just we just winged it, man. We're mm-hmm. like, let's do it. What are we doing? Let's go. We just got married. Let's just go travel. Let's. Mm-hmm. And then we started traveling like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like. There's so much more out in the world, so much more than just the United States. Let's get out and let's like learn other cultures and just meet amazing people. And, and, you know, and so we literally sold everything we had and yeah, that's scary. That is a big gamble, a big risk, but you know what? How many times do we look? I don't know. I want to believe in reincarnation, but we don't really know. So how many times, how many opportunities (laughs) are we going to have this? Let's do it. We had one chance. And yeah. we're only getting older, man. So let's do
0: this while we can enjoy it. Do it, it while you know? we can and when we know we have the yes. possibilities and the, meant to do it, actually. I mean, I've been to Kenya, I've been to Taiwan, I've been to the United States a lot of time, I've been to a lot love of it, European man. countries, and I love it every single time. We, two years ago, we went to Iceland just for the hell of it. Just I, mean, I always wanted to see that. And my wife gave yeah. me this trip for a birthday gift and I was like, oh, shit. I was like, can we afford that? You were like... Fuck that we always have, we're not we'll rich by any means, but we find a way. It all we always yeah. succeed. If there's something we really want to bring into our life, we find a
1: way. Yeah, and that's all it is: find a way to make it happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, we waste money if you really think about it for so many different things, and it's like you can you can sacrifice a little bit just oh, yeah. so you can save that trip, even if it's just you know. I understand not everybody can do maybe what I'm doing, but that doesn't mean you still can't go do something. You know, smaller things or go make a big trip somewhere once a year. Just do what you have to do to make that possible. Sacrifice if it is what you have to do to go do that thing. But that's what I love about you, man. Is like you do what I want what I've been trying to do and what I started to do. You go off and do everything. You've been everywhere, man. And like we talked about going and traveling. And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. I didn't get to make the last meeting. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I still want to go do some things. I'm still down if you guys ever want to do a trip. And if you're ever like, hey. Come on. Hey, buddy, come on up to Denmark. I'm, I'm, I'm like, let's go. You come to Mexico whenever you want to come too. You know I mean? Let's, let's go, let's go experience something new. I would love to go see what it's like where you live. You know I mean? Like I, I want to go, I want to <coughs> see the world before I pass, you know, of but at least it, I'm in the place possible. I'm happy. So that's what makes me happy at the end of the night.
0: Yeah. I love it. it it's really striking because, as I mentioned before the whole, the whole story about you two The two of you moving to Mexico and everything But when you, when you I mean your company, the two of you You just seem so genuinely happy So I thought it was like When, when you said you wanted to participate in this podcast I was like, hell yeah I want to hear, yeah. about, I want to hear about your perspective How you live yeah, life yeah. Because I love that frame of, of mind you have And the way you think Because I think this is also inspiring for other people because we we all know uh, I talked to uh, to Amy in the first episode about that too that we all know that we will get some some blows we'll get we'll get kicked down plenty oh, yeah. of times, so when we are not dealing with that kind of shit, why spend time thinking about you know just be here, be present, and do something good now I mean, exactly. I, I could plan for two years in advance and be like, yeah, in two years blah blah blah, but I don't know. What the hell will happen in three months from now? Exactly. So I'd rather want to take my wife to that dinner or go on that vacation or tell my, wife, my, yes. my dad that I actually loves him. Uh, I want to do these things now, at least as soon as possible.
1: Exactly. And you know what? If you don't mind me, interrupt you right there no, because no. you just got me on something. <laughs> I I agree 100%. And one of the biggest things that, that happened to me after transplant, it was... And I would tell people, I still do to this day, and they're like – they'll be like, hey, you know that that cool little thing like that that place, whatever, or maybe that landmark or whatever. He's like, we should check that out. They'll be like, should we check that out Something, And I'm like, yeah, we should go check that out. Ah, well, all right, let's go do that. We'll do that the next time we're in the area. Mm-hmm. No. I did that prior to my BMT. I did that prior to having – finding out I had FA. Now, mm-hmm. I'm like, No. Why? Why wait? We don't know. Nobody knows. No matter even if they have FA or not, nobody knows. Why wait? Let's go do it. I've got tired and that's what I told. I said, I don't want to be that person anymore. I don't want to be that person that's like, oh, my buddy lives right over there. I should stop by and say hi or whatever. "Ah, I'll do it next time. I'm too busy today. Mm -hmm. No, find time to do those. Just do it. Do it. Don't find. Just make it happen. Then life is short. Go spend that that time with your loved ones. Whatever you've been wanting to do, go do it. Whether or not, like you said, it's a nice dinner you want to take your wife or say your parents or whatever, wherever, you know, whoever it is, you you know, go do those things. If it's something that you always wanted to do, don't say next time, next time, next time, because there might not be a next time. And at the end of the day, I when I leave this earth, I don't want to have. I don't want to have like, what's the word? What's the word? That's when the, uh, that's when the, um, chemo brain's kicking in right now, but I don't want to have be on my deathbed and be like, Hey, I had those, those desires or those wants. And you know what mm-hmm. word I'm trying to find? I just can't. Yeah. I can, the top of my head. yeah, yeah. But I, I don't want to be, I don't want to have anything that's holding over me like that. I want to be able to sit there and go, Hey, I mean, yeah, I'm not ready to go, but you know what? I got to go I can I actually travel all, all over now. the Caribbean.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I mean I, I made it a point to see my friends and family all the time. Hmm. You know, I got a lot of time in, you know, could we always want more? Yes, but you know what? I wasn't like I was before where I would only see my, my mom once every two years. I was making the effort to do it more often, or my best friend that I hadn't seen in a while, like, I mean, or going over that place that we always drive by and we just don't stop. And it looks so cool, whatever it is. (laughs) Like, I just want to go check it out. And we just never did. I wish I would have done that. I don't want to be in that position. So I am thankful for FA for the fact and my, you know, going through that transplant, getting the second chance at life for the fact that now I make the most out of life. I try to look at it that way. I, mm. I at least make the most out of life and I go do the things that most people put off.
0: Most we, people put off for a lifetime and never even make it there. All, all you know? human beings should be that smart. I mean, yes. we all know, we have heard it since we were children. You know, you have to live life, but most of us forget it. Then we are taking an education. We are going through, we have to pay the bills. We have to blah, blah, blah. We <laughs> know all this stuff that's going on in our life and we forget the most fundamental part. Be yeah. happy. Yeah. I mean, isn't that, isn't that ironic that we have to have some. Often we need to get kicked in the nuts by cancer, or anemia, or leukemia, or whatever people. It, it doesn't even to have to be life threatening. But people, yeah. we, we usually need to get kicked down before we actually start realizing what we have been told the whole life. I mean, yeah. it, it is rocket huh? science.
1: but how can you not be thankful to that yeah that's why i said i have found positives in these negative things that Mm. have happened in my life because i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing today if i wouldn't have got fa if i wouldn't have had my 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 mds my you know blood cancer i would not and gone through the i would not be doing what i did what i'm doing today and this i actually feel like I'm living, you know, Mm -hmm. not getting into it, but you know, and I know it's not about that, but I just lost my mother. Yeah. God rest her soul. Mm. But she never made it to that point. Daniel, she, she passed at 63 unexpectedly. Mm. She never retired. She got to travel very little in her life. And it it saddens me that she never got to that point, but she kept saying, I'll do it later. Let me, I just got to get there. I got to get there. Mm. And she didn't. You know, and she didn't have FA.
0: She didn't have. It just, I, I get no, way, why that makes you sad because yeah. she should have known. It's not like she should have realized, but you just wish she yeah. had because she deserved that those experiences. Yeah. And I
1: want everybody to do that. Mm. I want everybody to live, you know, to have that opportunity. It's just sad. And you would have thought she would have learned that from going through what I, because she was there with me through pretty much every step of the way going through me, getting my transplant and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it did, it did, it changed her a little bit in some good ways. But unfortunately, she was never able to let go and to actually go out and live more, make it to where she could live more instead of consuming herself with Mm -hmm. work. And it just, it breaks my heart. And that's what I'm saying is so many people out there that don't have FA they don't get this opportunity like we do. And i that's all I'm trying to say. If you want something positive, we're talking positive now, mm-hmm. we've been blessed with that, cursed and blessed at the same time, if you want to look at it that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? I, I totally, I, have, I feel I feel regarding that way looking, at, looking upon it. But I, I think I want to ask you a question, that is, when you have something, a severe condition like we have, but it yeah. probably goes for everybody who has something they deal with, you know, on this scale. That we're told not to be out in the sunlight, don't drink beer, yeah. don't smoke. We have all these rules that we should apply to because that is what the doctors tell us. And I, I do get why they say like they do because they have the they have the t- statistics. I mean, but what are your takes on it? If you should give out an advice to somebody, advice to somebody who's yeah. all new to this. And I was told, like, you have to let go of blah, 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 all these things. Uh, what, what advice would you give to people who come into this situation?
1: Yeah, um, I think when it comes down to, like, what we've been touching on living, mm. you know, you should do what makes you happy. Um, obviously, you, you should follow the recommendations. So mm. I think when it comes down to, I think you should be able to live a life just like every adult out there. You should be able to do anything that your heart desires. However, with certain things, I think you just need to be smart about it and just do Mm. things in moderation. I drink. I drank for many years before I Mm. knew what I had, but I still drink occasionally. I don't drink that like frequently, but I would say in all honesty, I mean – they would frown people in FARF and other doctors Mm. would frown upon the way my lifestyle, because I probably, when I'm down here, I mean, I'm in the Caribbean, (laughs) I want a pina colada, I want something, you know, whatever it is, you know, I want, I want to have a nice cold drink. And, you know, I mean, it's nice when you're with other peers that are adults that Mm. you can partake in what they're doing a little bit too. So, you know, I still do the things I want to do, Hmm. but it's in moderation. If I go to the beach, say I know I'm going to the beach tomorrow, I might have two or three cocktails. Hmm. Okay, I try not to ever get like tore up, you know, to where I can't find because I know that, you know, and I actually get mad at myself because I do that every now and then. I'm Hmm. I'll be honest. I'm a Mm -hmm. I'm a. And I I get pissed at myself. Oh, it was fun that night. You know, I'm sure you know, too. It was fun (laughs) that night and everything or that day or whatever. But the next day you feel like crap and that's your body also telling you this isn't good for you. And, you know, it's even worse for us. Yeah, yeah. But 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 I still do what I want to do. And I think it all comes down to eating bad. If it's whether it's your eating, Hmm. whether or not it's drinking, uh, whether or not it's whatever your vice is, I just feel like if it's something that the doctors say you shouldn't do, I think you should do it in moderation. Mm. This guy right here too, not ashamed to say I'm pro cannabis. <laughs> okay. I <laughs> no think no, that you. it has it, I think it hasn't if that's mm. okay for me to say too. It, totally, totally. I, I just do it in a healthy way. Mm. I'm not hiding. I mean that's who I am. I it's my medicine. I would prefer to take that than take pills. I just vape it in a natural way. Mm. I don't there's no burning, there's no carcinogens in that form. So for me, I do it in the healthiest way possible, and I don't do it necessarily daily. I do it when I need it. It helps me with my anxiety. It helps me with my uh, with my issues of sleeping. Mm. Uh, You know, because I do have sometimes I'll have a little bit of insomnia, Mm. Um, and I do take CBD oil too. And CBD oil is help to me is is also helps me. You know, I mean, I believe in a lot of the studies. It's a natural plant and it does. I really think so. That's good. So even all those type of things, I think, you know, obviously, you know, I try to do things that are more holistic. Doesn't mean I would not take medicines if I had to, but I try to live a cleaner, more holistic life. And I and I will do and I'll do my little vices. Like you said, everybody's an adult. Everybody wants to do it. I don't recommend smoking cigarettes. I mean, that's just my opinion. Because I don't know if once you do it, I kind of feel like there's really no moderation to it. You just, you know, but that's everybody's choice, not mine. I'm not here to preach. But like I said, I just feel like everybody should do everything in moderation when it comes to that. I will still live a normal life like any adult does.
0: Actually, last year I was invited to uh, Germany to make a speech at their Fanconi Anemia uh, yearly meeting. It was uh, Ralph and Einiger who invited me. And I was there to talk a little about quality of life. And I also talked about some of the stuff you're doing here because, I mean, people, when they hear my part after I got the cancer in the mouth uh, four and a half years ago, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't, I don't do any of these things. And people are like, oh, but it's almost like you're saying you're doing all the right things. But And, and then they want me to talk to the teenage kids and tell them to not do any of the, these things. And i would be like, oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's easier for me, I mean... I'm 43 years old. I've been drinking. I've been getting high all my life. I've been right. having fun. I've been partying. It's easy for me now that I'm getting older. I've got the cancer. I know there's a risk. So now I've chosen to say, okay, I already did my part, okay? I, I, yeah. I probably also drank your part and her part. And <laughs> I, I drank a lot and I did right. party a lot. But so it's easy for me now to say that I quit it. But no, that's not the same as nobody with this right. condition anybody else should, shouldn't should do it because I mean I would I would have missed out on a lot if I never went to a party with my friends if right. I never I tried to get high for the first time or I mean it's not that people do have to do these kind of things but yes. I mean I lived a normal life and I think that's also the reason I'm still here yes because I'm en- enjoying you. myself yeah now because I'll that's a smarter move. Exactly. Now i will try to make a smarter move. And the only thing is, I always keep up my appointments. I mean, even though... That's important. Exactly. I don't I don't compromise with that part of my life. I know I have to be there by the doctors. And all the tests they can come up with, sign me up. I don't care. Right. Just help me, you know, getting old. <laughs> I want to be in check with that part of my life, but... But the rest of it, quality of life. I mean, as uh, I mentioned before the podcast, yeah. that I I love the sun. The sun is the best thing for me. Maybe because I live in the cold country, so when the sun is actually out, I'm going to be out there. I'm not going to wear a silly hat. Fuck that. I, I want to <laughs> feel the sun. I mean, that bald wanna, head needs some sun. Yeah, I want to feel the sun and the warmth and the heat. And I love it's that. Healing. And that's even though I don't drink beers and stuff like that anymore. That is a compromise I'm not willing to take because oh. that would hurt my life quality way too much. Right. And and yeah,
1: and I and I admire that. And you, like you said, you do you know, you may not do those other things because of where you are in life. And mm-hmm. I and I totally get that, you know, and, and and you're right, but you still do something like getting in the sun. It's good for you. You you feel better going out in the sun. And like I and I still okay. do the same thing. I mean I live in a tropical climate. But All I try to do is I try to be smart. I wear sunscreen daily. Mm -hmm. I typically wear a hat on my head. But if I'm snorkeling, I mean, how am I going to wear a hat? I mean, I did start wearing a swimmer's hat, but it's hard when you dive down because it's messing with your ears. So there's times I'll just have to take it off and just Mm -hmm. do it. I mean, that's why I put it. Now, I will try to go and get organic. Like, I will try to find organic, uh, so Mm chemical-free type of you know, sunscreens and stuff trying to limit. And that's why I said, so I do do, I do have my precautions that mm. I take as well, but I still go and do the things like you're saying, I still am going to partake in what I want to do. I'm still an adult and we still have to make our own decisions. Of course. Um, and I don't feel like, you know, by doing some of these things here and there is going to really shorten your life. I really don't because, in fact, I almost think by not doing them, it might shorten your life a little because you're not living. You're not having those experiences that you needed, Mm. which makes happiness in your life. Just be smart. Like you said, be smart. You know, if you need, just do things in moderation. Go out in the sun. Don't do it all the time. Don't go out there unprotected. If you got to go get some sunscreen and you want to put chemicals in, well, do that. But at least you're still protecting your skin from the sun. But you need the sun. Doctors will tell you, we need the sun.
0: Not the FA doctors, but... <laughs> no. Yeah, they'll say, well, you can take supplements. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> what you we'll mean? take supplements.
1: <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm saying. People need the sun to survive, you know. And just like people think, oh, I can start, start in eating healthy. I need to not eat fats. You need fats to survive. Your brain, your body needs fats. You need healthier fats, but don't I,
0: I, go... It's Stuff like that. I mean, I, I know I could eat healthier... But you know what? Sometimes when I when I see that cheeseburger, I, I just want huh? it. I, and nothing yeah, nothing would ever make me stop doing that. I mean I know you and me,
1: buddy. We are <laughs> foodies, and we love our exactly. food. I mean, you remember we're looking for the places that have like I want to go there. I heard on like man versus food or or whatever, like this place over in wherever when we're going to <laughs> you remember, we've done this before yeah. when we were oh, at yeah. a cafe, we're like, where have these places go where they say the best burger is or the best whatever is regional type of food you know what I mean we want to go and try it because
0: that's living why are we gonna we don't eat burgers every damn day you know I mean and and even if I did that would just you know if it if it matters so much so it doesn't matter to me to eat burgers every day but if it does to you out there fucking do it
1: but yeah if that's what's
0: important to you man do what you want to do but then, just remember to go an extra walk, or go out and yeah. run, or do something else. That exactly. Know, Why can't you still go exercise? Yeah,
1: yeah, you can still go exercise even though you're eating a hamburger every day. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just making the the you know the just trying to be a little bit smart about your actions. I think that's what it is. It's it's like I said. It, when it comes down to it, I, I've always felt, and I've been fortunate to have a couple good FA doctors that have been even though they've warned me and told me what I should and should not do, they're very understanding. And they were like, you know what? I'm not going to tell you, go live. Just mm. please just do it in moderation. We're not telling you to not do these things. I will not, not tell you not to do this because we understand you're an adult. McMillan was one of mine that I absolutely love in, in Minnesota. And mm. that's one thing. She, every time I see our lover to death, she always tells me just, I I'm looking out for you. I'm like a mom. Okay. All you guys are like my children, but I understand as well that you guys have a life to live and you guys deal with a lot. And at the end of the day, I want you guys to be happy and you should do what you want to do, but you just need to be smart and just do things in moderation. Hmm. I'll tell moderation you, you know, and that's the key. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and at the end of the day, if you, I guess if you just want to eat burgers, like you said, every day, <laughs> that's your choice. It's your life, you know, I guess, you know, I mean,
0: do I have, what makes you happy. I have one final question for you. Yeah. And that is a little, uh, not, it's still on topic, but now that when people are listening to podcasts like this, there will probably be some parents to, to kids with cancer, AFL, leukemia, and anything, or just other people who are related to someone who fight these different kind of things. Do you have any kind of advice how to approach people like us? It sounds maybe it sounds a little stupid, like we're some weirdos or something. But, but you know, do you have any advice to to people, relatives, to people who have these kind of diseases, uh, illness, whatever? How would you like uh, people to approach you? You know, f- friends and family. Do you want to get treated normally or special, or what matters to you regarding? these things.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've been, I've been lucky enough to, to meet a lot of parents out there that have kids with that And I feel, I feel like for the most part, I mean, you know, I mean, they, they get it. I think when they see some of us adults like Mm. us, that we give them, obviously we give them hope. Um, Obviously they're going to be very protective. I mean, we all are of our kids, Mm. you know, and probably a little bit more so because Mm. of what we've been told you can and cannot do. Mm. You know, I mean, and by all means, I'm not saying that because we're all different. What I do, look, I did all these things. And so and I'm already in my 40s. So, I mean, you know, you should just do whatever. But I do feel at the end of the day, I mean, I feel like and I've seen some kids with plenty of disabilities and stuff that have physical disabilities that I don't even have. They can do anything and everything I do and maybe even better. And so I think at the end of the day, I think, uh, you know, be, be there for them, be supportive and all that. But let them follow their dreams. Let them do what they want to do and just try to allow them and treat them like they are normal kids, mm-hmm. you know, normal human beings, that they are not somebody with a disability. You know, they're, they're somebody that's special, you know. And they are. That
0: was some good advice, I think. Yeah. But Eric? It has been such a pleasure talking to you again. It has been... Yeah. Well, do you have something, a final word or something you want to say or, or bring up? Well, you know, I, I think <laughs> I did a lot of talking there, Daniel. Um, I think I pretty much <laughs> touched all the things,
1: uh, you know, that, uh, yeah. that I really would want to say. I mean, I hope that maybe, you know, I, I, I've enjoyed this. Hmm. I uh, hope that this has been... Uh, refreshing a little educational i hope that maybe i've helped somebody in a little way you know if i can that's really what all it means to me this is obviously yeah i love to talk anybody that knows me but i also want to be there to help people Mm -hmm. you know and so i mean i've always been an open book and i'm just happy that i could do this and hey you know if you do something like this again you know and you don't mind me just blabbing for a long ass time i might help (laughs) you out
0: on that (laughs) you just let me know you know i will i will i will Wow, you man, know, it's been yeah. a pleasure, and, and I do hope yeah. that everything will keep going as it do right now, and you keep having your happy life, Maria Sam. Yeah, like you keep doing what what are you already doing. <laughs> and hey, and as the battles come up, buddy, you know
1: I, I'll go take care of it. Yeah. Whatever, because you know it. There's always bound something to happen, but you mm. know what? I'm always gonna have in my mind. I'm gonna get back to paradise. We're getting back to paradise—that's my goal. So let's kick butt here and let's get back to my happy place. So, you know what? I mean, we can only control what we can control. So, so you want some advice? Here's my advice: Everybody out there right now that isn't living by the ocean—if you are living by the ocean—you should make it a regular. And if you're not, you need to get your you need to get your butts out there and get some beach therapy because I really, honestly believe that it helps cure your soul. I feel like it's so good for your health. It really does. I, I i it's I've I feel so much better being out at the beach. There's just something natural about it, man. So hopefully some folks can get out to the beach. That's my ther- that's my advice. Get get yourself some beach therapy.
0: I would take that advice. Thank you so much uh-huh. for participating.
1: You're welcome, Daniel. You have a good night, buddy.
0: <laughs> Same to you. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to tonight's episode of Life, Death and Happiness. If you like this, please do us a big favor and subscribe to us on iTunes, Overcast, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to this podcast from. If you also give us a good rating, that will be much appreciated. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and help us spread the word through there. My name is Daniel. I'm signing off. Thank you so much for listening.